Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Hello. We're so glad that you're here, whether you're here in Urbana or you're joining us on Vineyard Live, which I'm not sure if you can see me or not, but the good news is I can see you. I can see you. I'm so glad to be with you all this morning. It looks like we've got a team down here working maybe to get a little bit more light on me. So that's awesome. Well, recently, my husband Mike and I were having a conversation with our kids about how much technology has changed over the last 20 years. I know, very ironic, isn't it? And we were trying to explain to our kids that our phones used to be attached to the wall. We were also trying to explain that if we wanted to watch a show on TV that, you know, we had about 10 channels to pick from and no control over when these shows were. I mean, who remembers the TV guide? Okay. (laughs) And we were also telling them that if we wanted to watch a movie, we had to go to a place called Blockbuster, Be Kind and Rewind, to which one of our children said, what is rewinding? And I was like, wow, I am getting old. Our nine-year-old son, Tate, very earnestly asked us after this conversation, he said, mom, did you have running water in your home? And I said, yes. This was not the olden days, this was just the pre-internet days. But the reality is that the internet has completely changed our connectedness, hasn't it? The other day I was at Hobby Lobby and I saw this new piece of artwork that said, our Wi-Fi password is, and then there was a place for you to be able to put out your password. And I thought, if that isn't a sign of the times, I don't know what is. Wow. (laughs) Okay. The Lord's here. He's here and he's got a really great word. He's going to help me (laughs) with these blinding lights. Okay. But here's the deal. We don't want just like internet. We want high-speed internet. And we want a great connection. How many of you have gone to to stream a show and the show has come up and it's fuzzy, like as it's loading, and you're thinking, I can't watch this. It's it's unclear. And it annoys you until your high-def television is able to bring everything into focus. You see, we want to see things in focus. We want to see things clearly. And this is true not just of our internet connection or watching a Netflix show. No, we want our lives to be in focus. We want to be able to see things clearly. And yet, oftentimes, life can leave us feeling unsettled, unsure, fuzzy, if you will. You know, recently... I've been in some circumstances and had some conversations that have really left me feeling a little unsure about life. My last living grandparent is in her final days, and it's been incredibly bittersweet to watch my mom say goodbye to her mom and know that my grandma will soon be with Jesus. We have some family right now going through a really challenging physical situation, one in which I felt the presence of God, but I have also had a lot of questions. And then I've been in conversations with some friends as they've, as they've shared their hearts with me and they poured out their hopes and their dreams and their desires. And the truth is some of these things may not come true because life is unfair. Life is fuzzy. 
If your own personal circumstances and situation isn't enough to make you feel unsettled or fuzzy in this world, then just take one look at the news. I mean, we're only about a month into 2020, and I don't know about you, but whew. From the tension in Iran to the fires in Australia to the ever-increasing intensity of the 2020 election, Sullivan, I know this week families in your area are getting ready to deploy troops to Afghanistan. That's incredibly scary. It's real. And we're, it feels like we're constantly being bombarded with this information. We're constantly being like accosted with this thing happening and that thing happening. And it's intense and it can make us feel unsure and unfocused and unstable. And we find ourselves just a click away on the internet from endless opinions and arguments and ideas. And I don't know about you, but whew, I sometimes just don't know how to handle it all. Well, in the midst of all of this, something interesting has been happening with faith, and that's that many people have been leaving the church. My generation, the millennials, it's no secret that we've been leaving the church in droves. Other people, they're going through what's known as a deconstruction of faith, where they're questioning the validity and the value of the Bible. They're questioning long-held beliefs and paradigms. And all of this, like, combine the world's instability with faith instability, and it leaves us feeling unsettled and fuzzy. We can find ourselves asking, like, what should we believe? Who should we believe? What's our anchor? So in light of all of this, I want to focus in today, I want to focus in on how do we actually have focus in this world? How does the fuzziness clear away so that we can actually know what to do, know what to believe? And it isn't a thing or a program, it's a person. And his name is Jesus. And our connection to him is so important. In fact, without a clear connection to Jesus, we will be fuzzy. And that, that today, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to launch us into this new series, which we've titled Simply Jesus, Focus in a Fuzzy World. I love the way it sounds, but what does it mean? How does Jesus actually bring focus into this fuzzy world? And so I'm going to pray and invite the Holy Spirit to be our teacher today. And so Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. You are the revealer of truth. And you are the one who shows us who Jesus is. And so we say, come Holy Spirit and have your way. In your name, amen. Okay, well, I want to give you a little insight into how we've actually developed this series. Because you may or may not have noticed that our church is fairly unique. We have something called team preaching. And what that means is that every week, a different pastor takes turns sharing their heart with our family. And this is actually always the way it's been. We've always been a team teaching house. Now, over the years, some people haven't liked that. They've wanted one person to speak every single weekend. Other people haven't liked it because we have women speakers. Other people haven't liked it because we have younger voices. But the Holy Spirit has been clear that the call on this house is to team preaching. Now, what's amazing is that we have a diverse team and we all have different gifts and we all have different voices and yet we all speak for the same Jesus. And what we find is actually that the Apostle Paul talks about this in Ephesians 4. So that's where I'm going to start us off today. This is what Paul says about the gifts that Jesus gave to his church. He says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, 
the body of Christ. Okay, so these five gifts, these are the gifts that Jesus gave to the church. Sometimes this is called the five-fold ministry. Now, I think it's important to know that Jesus is all of these things. He is an apostle. He is a prophet. He is an evangelist. He is a pastor, and he is a teacher. And then he gives these gifts to us, his kids, for us to be able to do what? He talked about it, didn't he? To equip the people to do the things that God has called you to do. Now, I want to be clear as we're talking about this. We on our team, we don't go around like saying, you know, we don't put a title attached to a name. So I don't go to Clay and say, Evangelist Clay. But how many of you know that Clay is an evangelist? That's right. Same way with Di. I don't go to Di and say, Prophet Di. But yet she has, she has really um, been in this gift and used this gift for many, many years. So we don't title each other, but we do recognize that the Holy Spirit has gifted us with these different voices, and then we use those voices when we come to this platform to teach and to preach. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that um, you can have more than one gift, and oftentimes you operate in a few of these different gifts. Now, I think this can sometimes get a little confusing because if you're on our staff here and if you preach, you have the title of pastor. But today, I am going to be speaking from the heart and the voice of the pastor, which is not a title today. It's a gift. And I want to be able to share my heart with you and share what the Father has because each of these different gifts has a different role. The apostle stewards the DNA of the church. The prophet has the ear towards God and then speaks out for God. The evangelist is the carrier of the gospel message and he or she communicates that to the world. The pastor leads and guides and, and disciples the people and the teacher receives the revealed mind and will of God and feeds it to the people. So each of these jobs is very important and like I said, Paul notes that our job is to equip you to do the work that the Holy Spirit has assigned you to do. And if we kept reading down, Paul actually goes on to say that these gifts, they're going to continue to operate until there is unity amongst all of us and we grow up in knowing who Jesus is. So all of this is tied to Jesus. We operate in these gifts because it reveals who Jesus is. And this is what Paul says happens when these five gifts work together. Listen to the promise in verse 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever. They sound like the truth. So what happens? We grow up. We get grounded. We are no longer tossed to and fro. It's not fuzzy. It becomes clear. Why? Because Jesus becomes clearer and clearer as these five gifts work and flow together. And so our hope is that throughout this series, we are able actually, instead of feeling tossed to and fro, instead of things feeling fuzzy, we are able to stand firm on our feet, knowing who Jesus is and knowing that he is actually the answer to every problem that we face, that the world faces, In him is the solution to everything. And so that's actually how we've designed the series. You're going to hear from the voice of the pastor and the voice of the preacher or the voice of the teacher and the voice of the uh, apostle and the voice of the prophet and the voice of the evangelist. And you're going to hear how their relationship with Jesus 
can bring into our lives a focus. You're gonna hear about connecting with Jesus and learning from Jesus and obeying Jesus and listening with Jesus and participating with Jesus. And our hope in the end is that our lives would become clearer and Jesus himself would be focused. Well, one of the ways that God has gifted me is with the heart of a pastor. And again, because we use this term both as a title and a gift, I, I want to focus more on that gift side today. Like you might think to yourself, well, a pastor is someone who marries and buries. There's someone who marries people and they bury people. There's someone who, you know, maybe they, yes, they preach on the weekends, but they, they visit the sick and, and they care for people. And all of those things are true. Those are things that I do. But actually, the gift of pastoring is a gift of shepherding. What did the shepherd do? The shepherd took care of the sheep. The shepherd directed the sheep. The shepherd made sure those sheep stayed safe. And so one of the things that I do as a pastor, one of the things that I'm charged with is helping remove things that are harmful in your life away from you. It may be me saying something to you or, or encouraging you in such a way that removes barriers that keep you from your connection to Jesus. See, I often think that what we're actually looking for from pastors and from other people, we're looking for validation for our life cho choices instead of transformation. And so I believe what happens sometimes with pastoring is we don't realize actually the call on my life and the call on the pastor's life is actually to help keep us safe, to move us forward, to watch us grow into the destiny that God has for us. And so what I say today, it may feel a little hard, but I say it in total love. My dad loves to call me the smiling barracuda. I say what I say today out of love, that I want to see your life transformed. I want to see the Holy Spirit moving and breathing in your life. And here's what I know. Our connection to Jesus is so incredibly vital to us having focus and losing the fuzziness. Our connection with Jesus is so important. Our connection with Jesus begins when we say yes to him. So if you have said yes to Jesus, you are connected to him. We're gonna read a passage today that describes it like a vine and branches, that we are then grafted into his vine and we are a branch of his. You see, when we say yes to him, we get into connection with him. And he does not disconnect from us, but we can disconnect from him. We can create a poor connection from him through our actions, through our behavior, through our beliefs. And so today what we wanna do is we wanna unpack this connection with God. We wanna ask, how do we actually nurture this connection? Because I'm gonna tell you a secret. Your connection with Jesus is a very important part of you seeing things clearly. And yet it's just so easy to be disconnected, to, to have a poor connection. Why? Because life is full because we have a job and responsibilities and a family and activities and you have a phone and you have activities and you watch movies and you read books because life just consumes us and suddenly this connection isn't nearly as strong. And so we're asking, okay, Holy Spirit, what's my connection like right now? And why is actually my connection to Jesus so important? Because I find that when I have a poor connection with Jesus, here's just what happens in my life. I'm agitated. I'm anxious. I try real hard 
I lose my efficiency, which is a real bummer because I love to be efficient. I get tired. But do you want to know what the biggest thing I've noticed when I struggle with my connection with Jesus? The biggest thing I notice is that fear rules my life. Because fear and fuzziness, they're best friends. They love to hang out together. And so I have had to learn, okay, Holy Spirit, when I am feeling fear, I know that that's a sign. I need to work on my connection with him. My kids love this word, glitchy. Do you, okay, so I, I really never use that word, but my children use it all the time. This is glitchy, this is glitchy. And I heard the father say, some of us have a glitchy relationship right now. We actually, we're supposed, we are connected, but there's some glitchiness, and it could be, you know, sometimes it's the age of the tablet, sometimes it's the app, sometimes it's these other things, and I felt like it was the same with us. Our connection right now, for some of us, it's poor because of a lot of different things. We're not making the time. We actually don't understand the connection, but I think there's two hurdles that I want to talk about today, and they're this. I think some of us are avoiding our connection because we're filled with shame, And I think some of us are just going on automatic. It's like, yep, got this, check, check, check. And we are living oblivious to actually the help that Jesus wants to offer us in this fuzzy, fuzzy world. So our poor connection to Jesus is a really major issue as we look to overcome fuzziness in the world because Jesus is the clarifier for us. So turn with me now to John 15. This is gonna be my text today. And I want to read um, about how Jesus is connected to us. This is John 15, verse 1. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. So Jesus, he actually first explains our connection to him, our union with him, our relationship with him. And what he says is, he says, Jesus is the vine and our father is the farmer. And our father, he actually helps our connection with Jesus. What does he do? He lifts off dead and diseased branches. He takes the the branches that are actually producing fruit and he prunes them so they can produce even more fruit. And he wants you to make sure that you know, when you've already said yes to Jesus, he's not talking about your heart needing a, you know, he's already given you a new heart. He's not talking about getting you into relationship. You're already in relationship when you've said yes. What he's talking about here is he's talking about the strength of your connection. All these lights, they're all controlled by a computer. So right now we have a poor connection and you see the result. We need a clear connection and Jesus is laying out some of the, of the design that the Father has for us. Now, I, I'm not a gardener, so I don't really understand pruning. Little known fact, my dad, Happy, loves to garden. In fact, he's had a rose garden for 40 years. Our backyard was beautiful growing up, lush and green and always growing. And us kids were in charge of the watering, so I knew gardening was like, you know, a little bit of work, but I had no idea how much work and effort and thought went into gardening until I got a yard of my own. And so for the last 15 years, things have been dying. You know, I, I, did, not, I did not inherit this. 
I did not hear this. So I thought some of you may be able to relate to that. And so I thought, you know, let's talk about this pruning thing because I'm no gardener. Okay, so what is pruning? Pruning is when you selectively remove branches from a plant. The goal is to remove unwanted branches, improve the plant structure, and direct new healthy growth. And what's interesting to me is that pruning actually happens both on dead and diseased branches, and it also happens on the branches that are producing fruit so that they can produce even more. What pruning does is this, it causes the branch to pull more nutrients from the vine so that it can grow back. So in essence, what pruning does is it actually makes the, the branch lean in further into the connection with the vine. This is a word for us. This is what pruning does. It actually helps us lean in to our connection with the Father. Well, as you can imagine, my father, Hap, loves to prune. He's constantly trimming things, and I actually have a picture of him precariously pruning. This is on the edge of his pool deck, and he's on a very tall ladder. He's pruning bushes. They're probably like 30 feet tall. This guy, he loves to prune. He loves to prune so much, he actually prunes his neighbor's bushes and trees without permission. (laughs) I can verify this. I am a neighbor, and this rumor is true. And the truth is, He gets done pruning, and things look terrible. You think, he owes me a new, he is going to buy me a new bush. But what's amazing is just a few weeks later, when suddenly the, the growth starts to come up, the regrowth starts to come up, and you realize actually what he's done is he's made it completely beautiful. Because this is what pruning does. It looks terrible, but the results are amazing. And I heard the Father say, some of us, we're experiencing fuzziness, we're experiencing distance in our connection because there's some pruning that needs to happen in our lives. And of course, what the Father does is because he's a good father, he takes me to the tool shed first. And so he takes me there and he says, you know what, Jules? You're distracted. I am a world-class multitasker. I'm kind of proud about that. But you know what it does? It distracts me all the time. And I heard the father say to me, Jules, if you would actually fast your phone one day a week, I want you to know I want to speak to you. I want to to speak life over you. I want you to read some books. I want you to do some things. I want you to stop being distracted. And so he began to prune this out. And I've been doing this for a few weeks. And I can't believe the fruit that I'm already seeing. And so for some of us right now, you need to ask Holy Spirit, what area of my life needs to be pruned so that I can regain that intimacy with you. You know, are you gossiping nonstop? Are you worrying constantly? Are you angry? Are you in some type of bad habit that's keeping you from being able to connect? The Holy Spirit's invitation today is let the good Father prune you so you can get back into connection with Jesus. Jesus hasn't left, but you've, there, there's some unhealthy growth that's happening that needs to go. What's confusing, I think, to some of us is that pruning also happens on the good areas of life, on things that we think, okay, this is a really good thing. And then you feel like the Father asking you to lay it down. And it feels confusing. And then you're like, gosh, God, it's fuzzy. It's, it's unclear. Like, why? This is good. And I felt the Father say, tell them that they need to lay down good so they can get to great. You see, sometimes there is a good thing in our life, but we need to lay that down. We need to let the Lord prune that off so that we can get to the great thing that God has for us. I think it was Joyce Myers who said, pruned if you do, pruned if you don't. 
So instead of looking at pruning as punishment, we actually say, ah, oh, this is how I lean into the vine. This is how I say, okay, Jesus, this hurts, but I trust you. Gosh, Lord, it feels fuzzy, but I know that pruning leads to health. And so if we could allow ourselves this process to say, okay, God, this is how you work and you move, I believe there's going to be incredible fruit in our lives. I'm going to pick up now in verse 4. This is what Jesus said, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, what does this mean? We just read the word abide four times. And I don't know about you, but that's not a word that I normally use. And when I see that type of repetition, I ask myself, okay, what does this word mean? And it means this, to remain stable in. You see, right here, the very word, it actually tells us we are connected. If you are in relationship with Jesus, you are connected. The enemy may be screaming at you that you're disconnected, you're disconnected, you're disconnected. You cannot be disconnected. You can have a poor connection. But right now, what, what, what this is speaking to is this is saying that you have been grafted into the vine. Jesus is the vine. You are a branch. Your father is a farmer. And all of these things working together allow us to produce so much fruit. So that leads me to say, okay, well, what does abiding, what does it look like in our relationship with Jesus? Well, the clue that I just gave there is relationship. You see, in order to abide, we have to relate to him. We have to spend time with him. We have to make space for him. And this isn't just like a devotional, like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to read my Bible every day. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to small group. All of those things are good, and all of those things are a part of abiding. But this is actually inviting him in every area of your life, in every space that you work and live and play to say, Lord, I want to remain in connection to you. I want to remain. Yes, are there going to be times that you intentionally plug your device in to charge it? Absolutely. But then there should be this connectivity. There should be this place and space where you say, okay, Holy Spirit, remind me to abide in you. Remind me to remain in you. Because the promise here is that we will produce much fruit. Well, what fruit is he talking about? Well, it's the fruit of the Spirit, which we find in Galatians. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control. You see, this fruit that the that Holy Spirit wants to produce in the, in our, off of our branches is actually the thing that helps us fight the fuzziness in our world. Go back to the problems you're facing. If you had those fruits bearing in your life, being, being born in your life, then guess what? A lot of that fuzziness begins to fade, and Jesus becomes clearer and clearer. We are to abide in him. And I love how he talks about we not only abide in him, but then he abides in us. This is a mutual, dynamic, alive relationship. Some of you said yes to Jesus, and you've never experienced the intimacy that he has for you. 
You've never experienced his love in a way that actually changes you. And actually, I believe today that he has an invitation for you to be able to begin to experience him intimately. So we have these instructions to abide. And do you know what happens? Many of us don't do it. Instead, we avoid. Why do we avoid? Well, because we want to hide. Why do we want to hide? Because we're ashamed. And I particularly find that I like to avoid and hide from, from Jesus when it's an area of my life that he's already pruned and there's been some regrowth. This happens. And so what happens is shame overtakes us and it's like, well, I've already, I've, I mean, I've already struggled with this. I shouldn't be struggling with this again. But this is sometimes the way it works. So for me, I have this issue with control. My whole life, I've wanted to control things. I've wanted to be, I, you know, I try to like rationalize that I want to be prepared. I want to make sure everything's good. No, I just really actually want to control things. And so what happens is as I begin to feel control, this dead branch rising out of me, I, I, t I tend to want to avoid Jesus because I know if I get in that close connection with Jesus, he's going to cut that thing right off and it's going to hurt because I'm going to have to surrender. And so we avoid. So right now, there's areas of your life actually that Jesus wants you to abide in, but instead of abiding, you're avoiding out of shame. We're so afraid to go to Jesus because we think, okay, I've got to clean this area of myself up and then I'm going to go to him and he's going to be real proud of me. Guess what? He already made you clean. You are already a new creation. He wants you to learn to live in the reality of this and the way we learn it, to live in the reality of this is through pruning and abiding. These are his instructions to us so that we can have this connection that our heart longs for to him. So we avoid. And so what do we do? Instead of avoiding, what should we do? We go to God and I say, God, actually my control is just fear. I'm scared. And I just say, I'm sorry. Show me what unhealthy habits I'm doing that are contributing to this, uh, this problem. And help me figure it out. And you know what? He is always faithful to do it. Now, others of us, we kind of go on automatic. How many of you have driven home from work and you've pulled into your, your garage or, you know, your parking space and you thought to yourself, did I stop at any red lights on the way home? I don't remember. So much of our life is actually automatic. We live in an automated society. We can just, you know, plug and play. It's like boom, boom, boom. Okay, good. Okay, I'm self-sufficient, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I got it together. And so we go, we, we just like go on autopilot and we don't even stop to say, wow, am I working on my own strength? Am I trying to produce my own fruit? Am I trying to do this on my own? Because that was actually never the intention. You have been grafted into the vine of Jesus to pull nutrients from him. If you are tired of self-effort, if you are weary from just thinking, I check these boxes and this is how I'm supposed to have relationship, then there is freedom for you today to learn to abide, to learn to take time to, and make space to relate to him. Apart from him, we can do nothing. These are serious words. Oh, we think we can, don't we? We think, oh, I got this. I got, this isn't that big of a deal. But guess what? He actually cares about everything in our lives from the big into the little. And this is an invitation to us. Quit trying to do it on your own and allow him and his power to actually give you the freedom and the joy to walk through the fuzzy hard things in this life. Okay, I want to finish by reading verse 6 
through 8, and this is what it says. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and abide in my, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. You see, what Jesus is saying here is that it is a recipe for poor connection if we choose not to abide. Abiding and pruning, these two things together, is what leads us into a deep connection with Jesus. But we have a choice. And actually, there's, there's some pretty strong language that Jesus uses there, and I don't have time to unpack all of that. But his instructions are clear. He says, abide in me and in my word, and what will happen? You can ask whatever you want, and I'm going to answer it. Because our union has aligned our hearts. I know what you need, and I want to give you what you need in this life. You know, the word of God is so important. And, and this is one of my favorite ways to grow in remaining in Jesus, to read his words. And so throughout this series, we're actually encouraging all of us, read the book of John, the gospel of John. You can read it on your own. You can read it with your small group, or you can join one of our Facebook community groups here and at Sullivan. We have two groups that you can join where we're going to read through the Gospel of John. We believe that the Holy Spirit actually wants to speak to us, to nurture that connection amongst us. And this is one of the ways he does this. And then the, the end result is what? The Father is glorified, and we prove to the world that we are his disciples because of the fruit that we're bearing. Do you want to have a fruitful life? Do you want to have a fruitful relationship? Because fruit, it fights fuzziness. That's what we need in our lives. You know, this design, that God has designed it this way, that he is the farmer, that Jesus is the vine, that we are the branch, that is this intimate, dynamic relationship. This is just such a gift from God. This is what he designed for us, that we could be in close connection with one another, never separated. That was his ideal. And what's gonna happen over these next five weeks as, as the gifts operate and work together is that, that promise uh, uh, from Ephesians 4, that we will no longer be tossed to and fro. No, we are going to grow steady, in the fullness of who Jesus says he is, and all of the fuzziness, we hope, will fade as Jesus becomes clearer and brighter in our lives. So what's the challenge this week? I think the challenge is, Father, where do I need to be pruned? Giving him permission to prune. He's a good father. He does this out of love. And then inviting the Holy Spirit to help you Learn how to abide in Jesus. Learn how to take the time, not avoiding, not going on automatic, but instead choosing to abide in his power, in his strength, because Jesus brings all things into focus. So I'm going to pray. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for this truth. We thank you for this opportunity to be able to find clarity, God, in the midst of a lot of confusion. And we just welcome you here. God, I just thank you for what you're doing. I thank you that... Um, you're speaking, God. You're moving barriers. You're even showing us, Jesus, right now what needs to be pruned so our connection can be strong. We trust you, Jesus, and we love you. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.